Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, helping higher education marketing leaders share knowledge about learning, strategies, and tactics that are relevant today. See what you can learn today by listening to one of our episodes. Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, hosted by Concept3D. If you like our content, please follow and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, and Google. My name is Shiro Hattori, and I will be your host today, and I'm really looking forward to talking about uplifting your university brand and also some 2024 higher ed marketing bets. And for the conversation, I I actually met this person live at AMA, and this is how we connected at the American Marketing Association Symposium uh, in Chicago earlier, or sorry, in November, so earlier last month. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to have Tim Baldwin join us today. He's the Associate Vice President of Marketing and Brand Strategy at Towson University. Welcome to the show. It's good to be here. And AMA was definitely a good time. It was good to meet you there and um, always love the opportunity to connect with other higher ed marketers. So absolutely. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to AMA whenever because I had such a good time. So shout out to AMA. Uh, And Tim, I love asking all my guests, what, what do you love about higher ed? What do I love about higher ed? I, I will say that um, I'm not a career higher ed marketer. I, I came into this space um, relatively recently in 2017. And prior to that, I was doing a lot of marketing at other institutions, some um, some that were nonprofit, some that were for-profit. And coming into higher education, the one thing that I've appreciated the most is um, having a mission to kind of tie the work back to. Sometimes when you're working as a marketer, you are selling a widget or a, an item that, um, you know, the, the real drive is is generating revenue and uh, value for your uh, shareholders or your stakeholders. And in higher education, I feel like what's nice about the work is that at the end of the day, especially at the end of the semester, which we're getting near to right now, uh, we get to watch uh, the fruits of the university's, uh, you know, community and labor in terms of seeing students graduate, and that is uh, probably the most gratifying thing about being a marketer in this space. That's fantastic. Is is commencement day for winter like? It's week, literally or? well, yeah. <laughs> so it's literally tomorrow. We'll have two days of it, and it is, you know, for me, I get a little wistful. I, I you know, sometimes yeah. have a little bit of a pang myself to go back and and study more uh, because it's great. You see families, you see students who have put a lot of time and energy into this work, and um, and there's nothing more gratifying than seeing how uh, big they smile on commencement day and and what an accomplishment it is for them. So it's great to be part of that. That's that's a really fueling kind of thing for the work that we do. That's fantastic. I also graduated on a winter commencement, so it was a, a bit different. And I really mm-hmm. enjoyed like a smaller group because I did go to a big state school as well. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, great. Would you want to get started with telling us a little bit about your role as well? Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, like I mentioned, started here in 2017. Um, I am responsible for uh, really the the strategy that we have in place for the university around external marketing. So that includes primarily things like enrollment marketing for undergraduate and graduate. It also includes athletics marketing. Uh, We also work in in our space. Our team is responsible for um, managing social media for the institution, which is always a good conversation to have. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also uh, oversee and manage uh, a lot of the content and guidance for email marketing and for CRM use on campus. So we're a Salesforce campus. We use 
um, that 800 pound gorilla, but it's a great tool that we um, lean on. And, um, and so, yeah, so a lot of different pieces and components. I'm in the central marketing unit. So uh, within our university and most of our structure is pretty centralized here. We do have some decentralized marketing and communications people within the colleges. Uh, but for a university our size, we have about 20,000 students, uh, undergrad mm-hmm. and grad. Um, you know, it's, it's a fairly centralized uh, model. So we do a lot for the institution in terms of trying to not just market externally, paid media, those types of things, digital marketing, but also trying to help in terms of setting some of the strategy around how to communicate uh, what the value propositions will be in certain areas for campus uh, initiatives. And so it's really great. It's great to be part of a of a team, um, a, a division. So we have both marketing and comms. And so we have a, a number of colleagues on our floor that also work on the strategic communication side. So we work collaboratively around that and it's great work. That's awesome. And is this uh, found foundational or uh, systematical, like more centralization? Is that a new, newer thing at Towson? No, uh, thankfully. I mean, I think, you know, every university has its own kind of way of structuring uh, to uh-huh. some degree and um, and certainly different models work for different institutions. For us, it's been nice to uh, have some level of involvement with the various things that are happening uh, at the divisional level throughout the university. So we do like to partner and collaborate with our um, academic partners and our student affairs partners and certainly athletics and a number of other divisions. So it's nice to have those conversations to be um, really strategic partners around some of those things. And um, but at some institutions, you know, depending on size, a a decentralized model is a little bit more effective and works a little bit better for us. This is um, pretty uh, good at this point and and we continue to grow. And it could be that over time that that continues to shift. But it's been a pretty good um, model in place for us uh, thus far. That's fantastic. Well, uh, speaking of a prior conversation, I know uh, early on in your time at Towson, you took on a pretty big project in 2019, which is around uplifting the university brand. Can you tell us a little bit more about where you started and uh, how everything's going? Yeah, yeah, it was a really exciting project. Um, One of the things, you know, coming into this institution that uh, I was... um, I was pleased to kind of have the opportunity to work on is brand. It's a passion of mine. I really love, love brand identity. I love brand work. Um, and, you know, my charge coming into the university was to help usher in uh, a rebrand for the institution. It was something that at the time our president had prioritized. She herself uh, was a marketer. And so um, she really understood the value of brand and, and the need to kind of evolve the brand story here at our university. And so, mm-hmm. Um, it was a multi-year project, um, as it is in the case for many uh, organizations of this size. But we started with research, and um, that's also something that you don't get afforded every day is an opportunity mm-hmm. to really do uh, critical research that you can use uh, to fuel some of the work that you do. So we stepped into it uh, in 2017, um, and that started with quantitative and qualitative research that we um, conducted both internally and externally. And we walked away with some really good takeaways uh, that helped to serve as the foundation for the brand identity that now is in place here at the university. And when we started the project, uh, the we, we tried to help campus understand, you know, marketing and comms, we weren't the people that were going to go off on high and decide what the university's brand was going to be. Our job was really to 
conduct research and find out what the brand already was. And we learned three important things. One, we had a great value uh, ratio, a, a price to value ratio for the institution. Students and uh, alums found that the, the value of their degrees was really uh, good and they appreciated. Secondly, we had really good personal attention at the institution. So a lot of mentorship type of relationships exist here. And um, that came back in the research very clearly. And the third uh, component that we learned about was the growth of the institution, which we kind of already knew, but it was great to hear the audience um, you know, say back to us, we acknowledge that you're growing and that the growth that we see is really positive. And so we turned those three kinds of fundamental, consistent um, markers that we heard from many different constituents into our brand pillars and ultimately created a brand platform and a set of key messages that supported that. And um, in 2019, as you mentioned, we launched and um, it, it was married with both a new set of messages, but also a new visual identity for the institution, the first that we had had in over 20 plus years. Hmm. And so that was exciting to be part of. And so, um, you know, that work is the kind that really energizes a campus. And thankfully, we had really good buy-in from a, a lot of hard work in terms of conversations and mm -hmm. feedback and lots of different iterations of what we had kind of generated for the campus. And so now uh, a couple years on, we're getting ready to do another brand perception study and, and see how far we've come. And that's also a, an exciting thing to be able to do. That's fantastic to turn so many different things around and is the first, one of the first projects that's Got to be exciting and also a lot of work. Uh, what is what is like actually translating some of that research? You said, you know, value was one of them. Uh, the ability to connect with faculty and staff and the growth of the school as a whole. Like, how? What does a like? What does an actual marketing campaign look like? Is it implementing those values at the strategic planning level? Like, uh, just just trying to visualize exactly yeah. what that might look like. And I know it's not just one thing. There's a, a bunch of things. But can you give us some examples? Yeah, and, you know, and 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 the question is a really good one. You know, a lot of the folks that we talked to on campus when we started the process mm -hmm. uh, had assumed that what we were working towards was a tagline of some kind, right? Like mm -hmm. that this was going to become like uh, the output of this brand work was going to be a slogan that everyone would use on everything that we did. And we were really right. intentional about making sure people understood that this was not about you know, distilling us down to two or three words and then just repeating them. And that's a, a strategy that can work. But in our case, we were really more focused on making sure that the stories that we were telling across the many divisions and departments at the institution started to align. You know, one of the challenges we ran into early on mm -hmm. was understanding that no one really knew how to describe Towson. And there wasn't consistency. You would talk to 10 different people and they would all kind of say 10 different things. And when we did the brand work and the research, it became clear that we had hit the mark when everyone could see the finished messages and say, oh, okay, yeah, I see that. That is, that is who we are. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had a big idea. The big idea was that as um, a campus, we were opportunity creators. We were really here to kind of fuel the work that students um, were doing and, and the the lives that we were helping to change and the communities that we were trying to impact. Um, and that particular uh, kind of spark of an idea is really what then served as trying to drive some consistency around the storytelling. We had three major pillars, opportunity, mentorship, and momentum. And those three pillars, you know, we came in and we said, hey, listen, this is 
this is how to kind of talk about these things. These are some kind of starting points in terms of messages. These are some specific guidelines in terms of how you might want to frame this from your particular seat within the institution. And that really resonated. It was something that people then could take and they could say, okay, yeah, I can apply these concepts to what I'm doing. And our goal wasn't necessarily to have people regurgitate those exact words. You know, we were mm -hmm. like, hey, don't, don't feel the need to force the word opportunity into everything that you're doing. Right. But take the concept and make sure that you're paying off and delivering on that concept. And, and that was a way that we really found uh, to have success in terms of the brand, to really make it come to life and have people understand that what we were trying to give was a similar elevator speech across the institution. And whether you were in athletics or advancement, student affairs or academic affairs, what is it within your space that speaks to these core kind of pillars? And that uh, that is how we had some good success. That's awesome. And speaking of success, the marketer in me just wants to ask, like, how do you even go about measuring? Like, you know, you have mm -hmm. your three pillars. How do you measure yeah. the success of that or the results of that? And what have they yeah. been like? Yeah, so data, right? Data is king. And yeah. everyone will tell you, you've got to have the data to support what you're doing, but also to tell you whether what you're doing is effective. Um, I'll tell you, I think that's still a work in progress. I think it's it's very difficult for us, as it might be for other organizations, mm -hmm. to be able to quantify everything. Right. Uh, when we rolled out the brand, we knew that the first um, bit of information or data we would get would be largely anecdotal. And we were happy to see that the the first kind of uh, benchmark that we passed mm -hmm. was folks adopting it right internally. And we knew that it was important that the internal audience understand it, be able to kind of express it in their own way. Uh, and so seeing that uh, happen in real time was a, an indicator that we were having some success. But then when we moved externally, when we took that message and we said, okay, after the first six or eight months of, you know, kind of guiding the internal audience, we got to the external audience. Then we were looking for markers of, uh, are the external audiences understanding these concepts? Are they able to kind of report back that, that yes, they agree mm, that we are, gotcha. um, you know, we are a place that you can find uh, deep mentorship. We are a place where the momentum is increasing, not just for what's happening on campus, but what, hap what happens off campus. Uh, that's a harder thing sometimes to, to, to quantify. Um, we did, you know, a lot of conversations, which helped. Uh, the other thing we saw in terms of our institution, you know, one of the things we did with our visual identity that was quite intentional is uh, adopted a brand mark that had TU in it, right? So uh, prior to um, doing the rebrand, uh, we've always been known as Towson University, but prior to 1995, 1996, uh, we were Towson State University. And so folks would sometimes refer oh. to us as TSU. Um, and we were still the state university to them. And we still are a state university. We, we certainly don't want to, um, you know, kind of walk away from our roots. Um, but we intentionally with the visual identity, we're trying to drive home this, uh, this TU brand and, and to hear people start to refer to us in the community, uh, right. whether that's in the media uh, whether that's with government uh, partners, whether that's with other types of community groups and alums, when we heard that start to happen, TU, that's funny, you know, external people calling us TU and not just those that are internal. That's how we also started to see some movement and, and understand that this was kind of catching on. And we've got a lot of work to do still to do this. I mean, this is generational type of work, what we're talking about, especially in an area like Maryland where people are born and bred. And um, so we've got a lot of history here. 
which is you know positive. Uh, so we don't necessarily expect to see uh, overnight changes, but the the anecdotal changes were there. And now this brand study that we're talking about doing is really going to help us more definitively quantify some things that we believe to be true, uh, but we don't really have as much hard and fast data beyond the campaigns that we run. So, thank you. Yeah, that's it's a very I I get asked about reporting all the time, and it's it's always a difficult question to answer, especially at that brand. Yep. Awareness, getting how many people are in your orbit, right? Um, it's a bit hard to quantify those, but I think a lot of anecdotal and qualitative metrics are really helpful there. So sure. appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah. This this makes me think a little bit like, you know, thinking about qualitative versus quantitative. Like, I feel like maybe there's a shift in the marketing industry as a whole where there's a lot, there's a lot of qualitative indicators that were maybe ignored the last 10 years because there's just all these new solutions and data tools coming out that like everyone was saying, you know, data driven, which is (laughs) a buzzword, I think. Um, But it's, you know, it's, it works for sure. But, you know, uh, what do you think is going to happen in the future? Like what are some of your bets for next year and, and beyond in terms of higher ed marketing? Yeah, I feel like data, um, it certainly has dominated the conversation, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. digital marketing really opened the door to everyone understanding that we were going to have this opportunity as marketers to quantify mm-hmm. almost anything that we were doing. Um, and that chasing that was a, a good thing to do, I think, in terms of getting better return on the investment, better targeting better real-time metrics that we could then optimize and, and mm-hmm. update. So I, I think that will always be the case. Um, but I do think, you know, you're right. You mentioned kind of this qualitative piece and, you know, part of what we do as marketers is to encourage people to take action. Certainly we want folks to, in, in our case, we're interested in, in encouraging students to visit or to apply or to mm-hmm. enroll. Uh, and we want those metrics and we want to be able to see some success there, but we're also really uh, in need of trying to drive larger picture types of goals like awareness and and making right. sure that uh, not just the prospective student uh, is is being engaged with, but the the larger region that we serve and, mm-hmm. and do people understand you know what we offer in terms of value not just to the student that enrolls here but also to the larger community, state, and region. And, and when you're talking about doing the, that kind of work, right, the data is a lot harder to kind of grab uh, because in some cases, there's not a direct call to action. You're really just trying to kind of right. put your name out there. And, you know, with digital, I think it's been a blessing and a curse. It's been a good thing uh, because it's encouraged all of us to um, really spend every dollar as efficiently and effectively as we can, which is really critical in our space particularly as a public institution. Uh, but, you know, the data is starting to shift, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, when, when we think about the changes that are happening right now around privacy, around users really getting more control over their data, which is a good thing, right? Like it's good that people have ultimately control over what is collected about them and how. Right. Um, but that changes the landscape a little bit. And I think in 2024, we'll continue to see that. We've seen it already in the last two years or so. Um, changes that have been made. Uh, an example is, you know, Apple encouraging users or, or prompting users to kind of 
ask mm-hmm. them if they want to be tracked by social media sites or by other types of apps mm-hmm. and platforms that they're using. You know, and, and largely a lot of uh, users are saying, no, I, I don't want that. Um, and and so that, you know, kind of forces the conversation towards, okay, if, if that data, you know, collection model changes or shifts, how do we get better data? And maybe the data isn't the only thing that we should be relying on. You know, there is a, a piece of this, um, you know, when you go down to the foundations of, of good marketing that existed before digital, right. um, you know, it's around reach, it's around frequency, it's around awareness, those types of things. And those things still matter. And I think that um, as we look towards the future, particularly in the next year or so, mm-hmm. we're starting to broaden our message rather than being super targeted. You know, how can we make sure that a message that resonates for a prospective student also resonates for a prospective student's parent um, rather than what we used to do, which is to say, okay, parents should see this message, students should see this message. And there are platforms where that's still going to be the case, I think, you know, mm-hmm. email communications, direct kind of communications to, to users. But as we see the data kind of shift and, and audiences start to overlap because of that, Uh, We need to be smarter about making messages that resonate with larger groups of people. And I think that, you know, it's cyclical, I think, to some degree, but um, but that's a shift that that we see happening and that we certainly have seen in the data that we get back from our campaigns. You know, it's it's not unusual now for a parent to be grouped in with a student audience and maybe vice versa because the data is clean and clear. So. We have to be mindful of that. And I think, you know, to the extent that marketers can make messages that are still you know, uh, targeted to some degree, but that can be more universal. I think that's a positive thing. And it'll challenge us as marketers to kind of think about how we message and and how we treat digital advertising in relation to what we would normally consider more traditional media. And, and I think you still kind of have to rely on an integrated approach. You still need a number of different types of platforms. Uh, you can't just do digital if you're going to try to grow an institution, for instance, of this size. But but digital is still foundational. So I think that's going to be an interesting thing to see evolve and continue to evolve in the next Absolutely. year. I know one thing we're potentially going to, we're thinking about at Concept 3D of trying next year is some direct mail mm. uh, and testing that out. Cause I've actually, I've, I've worked in the digital B2B space for five years and digital marketing almost for 10 now. And that was the, the rise of digital marketing. So I've only done digital. So I'm excited to see like, and figure out how do I measure direct mail now? Um, yeah. Know, how do I measure results and to see what those results are? I'm, I'm pretty excited. Is there anything you're looking forward to that you're doing in 2024? And sorry, I know you had a comment. Yeah, before. no, I mean, I think <laughs> everything continues to change. So I feel right. like in some cases, we're still learning in real time. Uh, you know, certainly social media is continuing to shift. Uh, mm-hmm. For the first time this year, we've seen uh, engagement on platforms like uh, TikTok, as an example, uh, in advertising, exceed and 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 uh, mm. and go beyond what we've normally seen in places like Instagram and other kind of uh, spaces where younger uh, populations tend to gravitate. Um, and that's the thing, you know, the populations are are really shifting, but also their the way they want to consume content and mm-hmm. information and marketing, right? So it's an 18-year-old has a pretty good read on what a uh, an advertisement is. They, they know when we're trying to communicate with them as right. a, an organization. And so um, what they're really demanding from us is less um, formal advertising, right? Like they're not necessarily um, as influenced by the 30-second commercial or 
the 10 second, you know, highly polished and branded digital ad. What they're looking for is content, right? And what we can do as marketers, I think, particularly for this population, um, is serve them by uh, giving them as much content that they want as possible. I, I think content marketing has certainly been kind of at the forefront of the last, you know, five or six, mm -hmm. maybe more years. Um, but I think the the expectation is that students don't <clears throat> just want to hear from the institution or the admissions office, right? Or even the professors, because I think they do want to hear from from those populations. They really want to hear from other students. And how can we as marketers um, just be facilitators of that? Mm -hmm. How can we connect? current students with prospective students? How can we allow people to just tell their stories in their own words? Uh, because oftentimes they're more powerful than anything that we're going to put together in terms of messaging. Um, and to the extent that that their experiences support and reinforce the brand, which they often do, um, you know, we talked about commencement. One of the best things to do, uh, you know, for our division uh, during commencement is to just talk to the students who have walked to the stage and the ways that they encapsulate their experience, the ways that they talk about their four or more years with us um, are really compelling. And, and, and those are the types of things, you know, we, we've, we've started as an example of, of utilizing that powerful kind of messaging. We've started to use that at the front end of our tours, right? So when you come mm. and visit Towson University, the first thing we show you is not the slick 30 second commercial. It's, a two minute, you know, kind of testimonial piece of students that have walked across the stage and what they are, uh, how they are framing the four years that they've spent here. And this is the uh, in-person in visit, by the way. Yeah, okay, exactly. So okay, when they come for an in-person visit, the first thing before we even talk to them, we say, hey, listen, you know what? We're going to talk to you about all the great things that happened at TU and why you might want to consider this as a, as mm -hmm. a place to get your uh, degree. But we'd like to give you a kind of look into the future, what you're probably going to say about this experience, you know, uh -huh. once it's complete. And I think that that really helps them understand, right. Um, what this place can do for them and what it can offer when you hear it from the people that have experienced it firsthand. So I think that's the thing, right. Marketing is, is always looking for new opportunities, ways to reach people. But I think, you know, ultimately mm -hmm. the audiences that we're serving, particularly those that are on the prospective student side, you know, they're telling us, yeah, it's great that you want to market to us. I know that you're marketing to me. I get <laughs> it. You want me to come to your university because there's a whole host of universities that are doing that. But what they really want to know is uh -huh. what can I expect? And can you have it delivered to me from a person that I can trust mm -hmm. uh, who will tell me something that I can really uh, understand and and relate to? And that I think is is really what's shifted the most in terms of my job. Is My job is not just about coming up mm -hmm. with a great, you know, kind of creative work. It's about how can we just connect students better um, to real That's stories. fantastic. Yeah. It, I, for some reason, this conversation has reminded me, I'm in like a bunch of Reddits for marketing, Reddit uh -huh. and subreddits. And one of them is looking at like old ad creative and how like cool it was. And like, there'll be like, like a uh, an old magazine ad of like a Ferrari or a Porsche, or I don't know why I keep thinking of cars, but, you know, and everyone's like, oh, this is like the golden age of ads. And you know, I, I I kept thinking like, oh, they're so right. Like what happened to ads? Like they used to be so good. And someone commented and was like, no, advertising has changed. That's why it is yeah. what it is today. It's not that it's gotten better or worse. Like it's, it's not this thing that's going to last forever the way it is. Like it, yeah. the, the brand strategy has changed from like the brand voice to like the customer voice. 
and the, the influence voice because that's what people actually care about more now. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> One of the things that we, you know, I, I think you went to the same kind of um, keynote message I did at AMA, you know, one of the things yeah. that I, I remember one of the keynote speakers talking about is the evolution of brand, right? And the evolution, right. of like what brand does. And, and we're at a point where brand doesn't just inform the differences or the kind of markers of, or a, a build a connection with an audience. It builds a connection for the audience with each other, right? So it's, it's building community. And I think, you know, particularly for higher education institutions, what we're really trying to communicate to students is the community that they're going to become part of. And, and we can't do that, I think, in a vacuum of saying, okay, well, we can do that just with traditional right. advertising. We certainly want to include that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we also have to connect them with that community so that when they make the decision to enroll, they understand mm -hmm. not just what major they're going to potentially have, but what's the community going to be like? What am I really becoming part of? And that's where the differentiation, I think, exists for a lot of universities is this sense that each community has its subtle differences and, and its unique uh, historic kind of things. And, um, and some of the traditions that, you know, make um, one college or university unique to another. So I think we should lean into those and, and certainly to the extent that we can put those in front of students with the marketing we want to. Absolutely. Yeah. I often like to say I love community marketing because uh, maybe watering holes an old word to use, but you, know, you got to figure out who who your community is and what where they hang out. There's so much insight there. Uh, speaking of community, kind of going into our last topic here, which is very, very high industry level. But uh, in our prior intro, we talked about, you know, higher ed isn't just now working towards you know, come to our university, but really like come to a university, right. In, in their messaging, how do, how do we kind of go about this and try to tackle this as an industry as a whole? Do you have any insights? I, you know, there's no straight answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a, a big million dollar question, I think for a lot of yeah. us right now and something that, you know, when connecting with colleagues uh, who do this kind of work at other institutions, um, it seems to bubble up to the top of the conversation very quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, what I have started to realize in our work is that we're not just trying to communicate to students around why they might want to come to this particular institution. And certainly mm -hmm. we have an interest in them coming, but we also acknowledge that we might not be the best fit for every student, right? Like mm -hmm. there are certain things that we're going to offer that other universities might and vice versa. But really what we've discovered is that we're not just having to kind of communicate to students and families around the value of Towson. We're really having to communicate around the value of higher education and the larger conversation that's happening in our culture right now mm -hmm. seems to be happening uh, without a lot of our own, uh, you know, conversation added to it, that being, you know, of universities uh, and colleges uh -huh. around whether it's worth it to even go to a university and the data, you know, talk about data, the data still supports that it's absolutely worth it. Um, right. And it pays um, significant dividends over the course of a, mm -hmm. a person's career and lifetime. Um, but we're not necessarily joining the conversation as a collective kind of group mm -hmm. in an effective way. And we're not challenging the perceptions because that's really what it is. It's a perception. It's not necessarily a fact. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a common thing that happens in our culture these days too, right? The perception is is the thing that guides um, the thinking. And so right. I think one of the things we're going to have to figure out, and, and certainly I don't think there's been, um, there, there hasn't been one singular kind of idea that has um, bubbled mm-hmm. to the top yet for everyone. But I think we're, we're collectively going to have to uh, realize as institutions that we need to work collaboratively around uh, supporting, uh, you know, young people thinking about college as a path that's right for them. And certainly, you know, it's not going to be the path for everyone. We acknowledge that, right? I don't think anyone um, is naive enough to think that college is the perfect path for every individual. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. But I think if we're going to impact our our greater world in the way that we all talk about doing. Mm-hmm. We do need to ensure that collectively we're working to ensure that people understand that this is the one of the best ways to improve your own personal path. And, um, and so I think, you know, figuring out how we can collectively pool our resources and our communications and our marketing to benefit each other and to kind of push back some of the competition that we sometimes uh, naturally gravitate towards. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think yeah, that's the case, right? Like everyone knows like, who's my, who's my competitive set? Who are my students looking at that other, you know, universities are trying to woo and that kind of thing. I think we're going to have to um, more effectively kind of put some of that on the sideline and realize that the real mission that we are all after in terms of trying to drive our communities forward is to offer opportunities for students that they wouldn't otherwise be afforded. And so that means improving accessibility, telling a better story about, you know, what our outcomes actually are, reducing costs and making it more affordable for students where we can. All of those things will help us tell a better story. And I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I singularly have the answer. I wish I did. I mean, but I think that, you know, again, part of it is kind of building more of a collaborative collegial kind of approach to this. Mm -hmm. And how can we raise the, the, the kind of, uh, the tide collectively, because the, the goal here is, you know, as I mentioned, serving our communities and making sure that there are qualified, Mm -hmm. trained, um, critical thinkers, right. That can push our world forward. And if there's one thing that's clear, it's that we're, we're in need of more people who can critically think about all sorts of issues. Um, and, and so that is definitely on my mind a lot. <laughs> um, and, and it is something that we, like I mentioned, we, we kind of are having to naturally do, you know, when you, when you're in front of students, yeah. inevitably that question is one you have to answer. You don't just have to answer why come to Towson. Um, right. You have to answer why, why a degree is going to be valuable for that individual. Mm-hmm. And what's that takeaway that they're going to, that they're going to have. So, yeah, it's a big question. Um, I don't know if I answered that, the, you know, completely, but, but I think it is one that we need to still wrestle with. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, if I were to sum up everything you said in a few words, like creating that environment of communi- open communication between, you know, the strategic planning and the marketing planning of all the institutions yeah. in the United States yeah. Um, and, and having somewhere where we can at least start the conversation yeah. would be like a good starting point. Um, I, I felt like I felt that a little bit at AMA Chicago as well. Cause like all these people come together and it's very, yeah. uh, like senior level marketing at w- all in one place. Right. And I, I kind of felt that energy there. So that was good. 
Yeah. Yeah. And to the extent that we can break down those um, us versus them kind of, you know, thoughts. I mean, I think that, you know, really the the greater purpose that we're serving is to, mm-hmm. to help, you know, when we say we want to change the world, uh, it starts with individuals. It starts with people. And, and, and if we're not doing collectively a good job of um, shifting the narrative towards the facts, right? Which is the, the kind of mm-hmm. surprising thing. The facts is, are still, you know, that, that there's benefit to the individual. Um, and if mm-hmm. we can't do that, then we're, we're not going to have success, not just as institutions, but as larger societies. Thank you so much, Tim. We're just at about time here. Yeah, I'm no wondering problem. where our audience can uh, follow up with you to to learn what Tim is up to. And... Yeah, I mean, uh, you can find me at Towson University uh, at towson.edu. Um, you can email me directly if you ever have questions. I certainly welcome those at tbaldwin at towson.edu. And um, I certainly love, you know, kind of the conversations that you and I are having and and that we, we get to have with our, um, you know, colleagues uh in in the space both in and out of higher education so it's uh it's a good uh thing to uh to talk about i i really enjoy it yeah this was an awesome conversation i love these like high level industry conversations i don't always get to do them so thanks for your time and your insight as well yeah yeah thanks for having me on it's been great awesome well catch us on the next episode and thank you so much for listening in